All right, this is going to be a reading of tax-free wealth. Just going to make sure that my Bluetooth is working the right way. All right, so tax-free wealth. So this is by Tom Wheelwright CPA, one of uh, Rich Dad's advisors. I'm taking a break to read this. Um, I wonder if anybody would know what are some of the resources in the Constitution um, about taxes. So the 16th Amendment provides that Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes on income. That's the 16th Amendment. Let's take a look at the 16th Amendment here in the United States Constitution. Uh, index to the Constitution and Amendments on page 107. So, 16th Amendment. Executive branch. An index that doesn't make it very simple to find what you're looking for. Bail's fines and punishment. Executive law, executive branch. The Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever source derived without apportionment among the several states and without regard to any census or enumeration. So that is the um, 16th Amendment, was ratified February 3rd, 1913, which is interesting. So that was the 16th Amendment, and that's actually when the Fed... Yeah, so that was the same way that the um, the Federal Reserve was founded the same year. It was in um, 1913. So interestingly enough, the Fed was formed in 1913, and the 16th Amendment was ratified 
at the same time. Mm. 16th Amendment was ratified February 3rd, 1913. All right. Interestingly enough. All right, I will just carry on. How are you doing today, Colonel? What's going on with you? I just left the uh, 16 uh, black men room or whatever the fuck they Yeah, the fucking retarded room. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. I told him, I told him maybe they should stop blaming black men and look in a fucking mirror. Yeah. And I got, I got, I got banned from the chat and left. Yeah. And you know, uh, there are a lot of aliases in there. People are, are running around. Um, yeah, Brady's in there under Liza. And also Madeline. Madeline? That, that's yep. Brady too? Yep. Ah. I saw a, uh, I saw, um, I don't know if it was in that room. I saw one that made me think that Lance had come up with a, a proxy account too because it kind of incorporated Lance in the name, but I can't remember what it was. It was Blant, B L A. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. You saw it too then. All right. It was so dumb. Yeah. So dumb. So, how you doing today? I'm good. I'm just going to dig into this little book here for a little while just because um, I might as well record things and hang out with people while I'm uh, I'm reading. This book has a lot of really good chapters. This chapter one is called Taxes Are Stealing Your Money, Your Time, and Your Future. Yep. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, because they're taking way too much money from us. If they got if they got enough money in the coffers to send a hundred plus billion dollars to Ukraine, then we're paying too much taxes. Yeah. Well, but I know they're just they're just printing it. It's not, we don't really have anything to back it up. Yeah. That's what the problem is. So it's just being printed. Oh, we got, we got debt to back it up. Right. Well, there's that. <laughs> a lot of countries owe us money. So a lot of people forget about that. When, when we're talking about how, how deep the deficit is, we need you also need to take into account all the IOUs because most of the money we, or not all of, but a significant amount of money we give out is not actually giving out it's loans. That's true. There are a lot of loans that are being uh, given out and have not been repaid yet. So that's, that's true. Anyway, I didn't mean to just derail you. Yeah, go ahead. Keep reading, brother. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. So we got taxes. Chapter one. Taxes are stealing your money, your time, and your future. Quote, taxes are your largest single expense. Robert Kiyosaki. Every day, taxes are stealing your life away. Income tax, sales tax, value-added tax, employment tax, and a host of other taxes are eating away at your life. You may think they are just taking your money. If only this was all they were taking. Taxes don't just take your money. They steal your time because money is time. People with lots of money have lots of time because they don't have to spend their life trading their time for money. Instead, they can trade their money for time. The average person in a developed country spends 25 to 35% of their life 
people working to pay taxes. That means more than two hours of every workday are dedicated to feeding your government, and three to four months out of every year are spent working solely so that you can pay your taxes. That adds up to over 13 years in your work life and 20 years in your lifetime. 20 years. That's a prison sentence. And it's not going to get better anytime soon. As inflation eats away at the spending power of our currency, it also puts us into higher tax brackets. So we end up with even less purchasing power because a higher percentage of our income is taxed. And with the increase in the number of entitlement programs in every country, there is a higher demand for tax revenues to support them. The United States alone has over 80 trillion of unfunded social liabilities in the form of Medicare and Social Security promises to its aging population. And this number grows every day as new entitlement programs are enacted. It hasn't always been this way. In the early years of the income tax, only the very rich were subject to the tax. It was believed that since the rich had more income than they needed in order to live comfortably, they could afford to pay some of this back to the government. And because they had earned this income under the protection of their government, certainly it was fair that, in time of war, they could pay back the government some of their excess in order to maintain their freedoms and the protections afforded by the government. This all changed after World War II. The, government, the governments of the world found that the income tax was a useful revenue-raising tool that could be used to rebuild an economy that was ravaged by war. So the governments began taxing the middle class. At first, it was only the excess earned by employees over the average cost of living that was taxed. The government provided exemptions for the first income earned so that the average person could live on their regular earnings and only pay tax on the excess that would otherwise go to investments. As they watched the behavior of people who were now paying income tax, the government began to tinker with the tax law to see how it would affect the activities of the taxpayers. What they found was that a minor change to the law could have a profound effect on the behavior of the people. If the government gave a tax incentive to invest in business, more people would invest in business. If they gave a tax benefit to those who invested in oil and gas, more people would invest in oil and gas. And so the tax law grew from a simple revenue-raising vehicle to a vast array of laws that governed the economic activity of the land. And so it is today that the tax laws of every country are modified as the economy changes and as social policies change. You may think that you have no choice about how much tax you pay. Everyone has to pay taxes, right? Wrong. There are millions of people who legally pay little or no tax. What's their secret? Do they know about loopholes that are in the law that allow them to get away with, with not paying tax? No. They simply understand how the tax law works. They understand that the tax law is not something the government uses only to raise taxes. The tax law is a tool the government uses to shape the economy and promote social, agricultural, agricultural and energy policy. These people understand that the tax law in every developed country is now a series of incentives for entrepreneurs and investors. In the United States, over 95% of the tax code 
is intended not to raise taxes, but rather to stimulate economic, agricultural, and energy activities. In fact, the tax law is a map, or a code, to vast amounts of wealth. And the tax code doesn't only show you how to reduce your taxes. If you follow the tax law carefully, you will discover that the secrets to amassing huge amounts of cash flow and wealth are found within its pages. The reason is quite simple. The government wants the economy to grow. It wants you to invest in local energy production. It wants you to invest in local agriculture. It wants you to invest in the economic activities that provide housing and jobs for the people. All of this is contained within the tax law. When you understand the tax law of your country, you will understand what the government wants you to do with your money, and you will understand the fundamental principles for making large amounts of money. Tax tip. Include tax planning in your wealth strategy. Remember that it's not just what you make that matters, it's what you keep. When you keep taxes in mind as you invest, you end up keeping more money and make better investment decisions. Was the tax law written for the wealthy? Absolutely. The key to taking advantage of the tax law is to behave like one of the wealthy. Do those activities that the government wants you to do and you will not only permanently reduce your taxes by 10 to 40% or more, you will also begin building more wealth and cash flow than you had ever imagined possible. Just look at how much faster $10,000, a $10,000 investment grows without taxes. All right, so it shows a chart here of um, different kind of uh, year on and tax growth um, or tax savings. Um, with 40% tax at 10% return or with tax at a 10% return. That's got an interesting chart over 30 years. Continuing, the key lies in your facts. The facts include your business activities, your investment activities, and your personal activities. They also include how you keep track of your activities. All taxes are based on your facts and circumstances. So if you want to change your tax, change your facts. It's that simple. All right. So All right, let me see what's going on here with this uh what is going on?
Hey, Colonel, what's the question mark for? My, my going on mute, what happened? All right. Yeah, I lost, lost visual and audio. Okay, well, I, I definitely turned off the video, but um, I'm going to continue from after that chart here. Um, yeah, Brady popped in for a minute. <laughs> yeah, so I banned from chat and queue and also turned off the emotes. Uh, okay, I, I kind of noticed, but I wasn't sure. I, I thought I thought that's what you were doing, but I wasn't absolutely sure. All right, <clears throat> so the key lies in your facts. The facts include your business activities, your investment activities, and your personal activities. They also include how you keep track of your activities. All taxes are based on your facts and circumstances. So if you want to change your tax, change your facts. It's that simple. This book is dedicated to teaching you how to change your facts so you can lower your tax. You will also learn the principle of building wealth. The facts you must change to reduce your tax will at the same time increase your income. Start behaving like the wealthy and soon you will become one of the wealthy for whom the tax law was written. Caution. Beware of tax preparers who, one, promise they can lower your taxes and who are really tax cheats. Two, focus on postponing or deferring taxes to a later year. Real tax planning is permanent, so you never have to repay the taxes. That's an interesting key point. Stop letting the IRS, the U.S. Internal Revenue Service, CRA, Canada Revenue Agency, HMRC, Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs, or other government agencies steal your money. Don't let them steal your time. It's time to get out of prison. As you learn the truth about taxes, the truth will set you free. You will have the time and money that you, that you want so that you can live your dream of financial freedom, comfort, and security. Chapter 1, Key Points. 1. Become one of the wealthy and stop giving the IRS your time. Learn to trade your money for time and engage in activities the government uses to shape the economy. Remember, the tax law is a series of incentives for entrepreneurs and investors. 2. Taxes are based on your facts and circumstances. Changing your facts will, turn your, will change your tax. Tax strategy number 1. Include tax planning in your wealth strategy. Too many people ignore taxes when investing and planning their wealth strategy. They look at the return on investment as the return before they pay taxes on their investment income. This makes no sense. With taxes as your biggest expense, wouldn't you want to look at every return on every investment after taxes? When you do, you may find that you are making a lot less on some investments than you thought and are making more on others in comparison. Let's take a couple of examples in the U.S. that we will go into much greater detail later on in this book. First, let's look at real estate. Regularly, I hear on the news that real estate is only a moderately successful investment on average. And if you were to compare it directly to some other investments before tax and without leverage, i.e. debt, you would have to agree. Let's say you purchased a rental property for $500,000 with $100,000 of your own money and $400,000 of the bank's money. Suppose that the annual return on your investment of $100,000 is 7%. Then let's suppose that you make a similar investment of $100,000 in the stock market that returns 10%. Which investment is a better return? It seems obvious that the stock market return of 10% is clearly better than the real estate return of 7%, right? Not so fast. 
The 10% return from the stock market will get you $10,000 before taxes. You will pay capital gains tax of about 20%, counting both federal and state taxes, leaving you with an after-tax return of $8,000. The 7% return on the real estate investment will get you a before-tax return of $7,000. Due to the magic of depreciation, which will be covered in Chapter 7, you won't pay any tax on your $7,000. Still, $7,000 is less than your after-tax return of $8,000 in the stock market, so it seems you're still better off in the stock market. Only, your real estate investment doesn't just give you tax-free cash flow. It actually reduces your taxes on your salary and or business income. Because while there is positive cash flow of $7,000, the depreciation deduction of about $27,000 gives you a tax deduction against your other income of $20,000. $27,000 less $7,000 to off-state real estate income. That $20,000 additional deduction against your other income is worth $6,000 of reduced taxes on your other income in a typical 30% ordinary income tax bracket. So your real return from your real estate is $7,000 plus an, an additional $6,000 of tax refund on taxes you normally would have paid on your salary and business income for a total return of $13,000 or $5,000 more than your after-tax return from the stock investment. This is just one example of how the tax law can have a dramatic impact on your cash flow and your wealth. If you computed your return just by looking at the cash flow before taxes, your return of $10,000 on your stock investment is way better, $3,000 better, than your return from your real estate. After taxes, though, it's the opposite. Your return from the real estate after tax benefits is $13,000, while your return from the stock market after tax is only $8,000. See why you should always consider taxes when you make your investment plans? All right, so, Carnal, that was Chapter one, just in case you're interested, uh, do, doing so here is that link for later. What, what, what's that link, Colonel? Uh, Brady came in and said it smells like stigma in here, so I just, I just, oh, Sigma oh. male playlist that I have on YouTube. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah. Really, I don't really care about Brady. I'm, I'm going to tell this to everybody to please do your best. Exactly. I'm not telling you what to do. Just don't talk to me about him if you can if you can help it. It's you know you ever seen the movie Nightmare on Elm Street at the end of the yes. movie where uh, you know Nancy is turns her back on Freddy Krueger and ignores him and he has no more power. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm operating from because I really gotcha. don't want to make any time for that. It's it's in, it's disruptive and it only feeds into the kind of ignorance that people like those psychotic people who are. Um, lonely and terrified and insecure really need, and I'm not really about that. So, just a, just a thought to consider. Agreed. So, what yeah, do you I'll, think about I'll put the playlist in there for you because we had appreciate talked about it. Yeah, yeah, I, I did look at one of the videos, um, but I'll look at some more later. So, what did you think about what he said in the chapter one about the um, about those different things about the tax strategies and um, anything jump out to you? at all um that part about the comparing the um what was it the uh the 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 real estate interest rate versus the savings account 
I believe that that was a comparison. Oh, the stock right? market stuff, yeah. yeah. Yeah, stock market stuff. Yeah, see, because like personally, I don't put any stock in the stock market because that's that's like walking into a casino with all your life savings and just losing it. Yeah. So I don't. It's again, it's it's fake money. All that paper paper assets are just um, the same thing as all the fiat currency. It's a bunch of garbage. Yeah. This shuffle debt based on speculative contributions. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, that that was interesting. Um, I, uh, a lot of this stuff that he talks about, I resonate with just because of my own awareness already. And I may have picked up a lot of it, you know, cause he's been writing these books for a long time. I may have picked up a lot of what I understand about these things from other people who have read his stuff kind of like you're doing. Yeah. Um, I haven't read it personally, but I've, I, I, I see the the um, the reality in what he's articulating, so it, it makes sense to me. Definitely, and a lot of these stuff, these things, um, have a lot of reality to me as well from practice. So, his these chapters are actually pretty short, so I'm going to read a couple of these um, until I'm then going to move on to some other books and some other stuff that I want to do. But it's only. It's not even five o'clock yet here. So I just I'm just doing my best to get as much of this information in my head as possible so that I can start to act on um, as much of the things that I can um, as soon as possible, like if, if I've missed anything. So I'm going through these and some of the other books. I still I'm still in the middle of reading the um, the Capitalist Manifesto as well mm. as um, uh, the new book that I just got from him, which is the real book of real estate, which um, the real book of real estate is the one that I've been reading, where which Danny seems to be most interested in. But I think that we would all benefit from actually these ideas of taxes, because you know he talked about how, um, and uh, that's another thing a lot of people don't know is that when you have a business or an investment like in real estate, you can actually not just like what some tax planners try to get you to do is defer your taxes to pay them later. He's talking about permanently reducing them through certain investments that you do so that you don't ever have to pay them again or continue to pay the lowest rate that you possibly can. Yeah, those are like tax shelters, right? Like within the system? Yeah, yep, exactly. Exactly. All right, so chapter two here is... Taxes are fun, easy, and understandable. Well, let's see what he says about that. The hardest thing in the world to understand is income taxes. (laughs) Albert Einstein. Death and taxes. Death and taxes. They're the two most dreaded words in the English language, or any language for that matter. And it's totally understandable. You don't want to die, and you'd probably rather die than pay taxes. Perhaps we link taxes with death because they represent the death of all for which we've worked. Or maybe it's because we don't understand taxes any more than we understand death. The reality is that taxes can kill your hopes and dreams. How? By stealing your wealth and diminishing your quality of life. That surprise vacation for your family? Gone, thanks to Uncle Sam. The improvements you need to make to your house? Kiss them goodbye come tax time. I'm sure you can relate. You're not the only one. 
Worldwide, the average person pays 30 to 50% or more of their hard-earned income taxes, either through income, sales, value added, payroll, estate, or property taxes. Think about that. Almost a third to one half of the world's wealth is handed over to governments. That's bad news. But here's the good news. Taxes don't have to kill your dreams. In fact, 90% of entrepreneurs and investors can reduce their taxes simply by learning the basics of tax law. You might be saying, great, another book that helps entrepreneurs and investors. I'm just a regular Joe. What can I do to lower my taxes? To you I say, what if you became part of this privileged class of taxpayers? What if you took the right steps and made the right preparations to not only make more money, but to also pay less to the government in taxes? Sounds hard, right? Well, as you learn, it's not. And when you do take the step of becoming an entrepreneur or investor, you will easily pay 10 to 40% less in taxes by learning how the tax law can work for you instead of you working for the government and paying high taxes. Tax tip. Invest where you travel. Do you have a favorite destination? Consider investing in the area. It gives you a great reason to keep returning and you turn the travel expenses you already have into deductible expenses, keeping more money in your pocket. Anyone can understand taxes. This might make you laugh, but I absolutely love taxes. Seriously, I have a passion for learning everything I can about the tax law and how it can be used to save money for my clients and me. I started learning about accounting and taxes at a young age. In high school, I took a class on business law and loved it. And all through high school, I worked in the accounting department of my father's printing company. I enjoyed working with money and I loved learning about the law. So I decided to major in accounting and specialized in tax law. That way, I reasoned I would get to work with money, learn about the law, and not have to spend my life with lawyers. My first tax professor was Dr. Haney. He was a lawyer who truly had a gift for teaching and who loved tax law. I was so excited to take tax classes that I took all three that were offered in my junior year, postponing my upper division accounting classes until my senior year. I couldn't wait to get a job working in the tax area. During my first term of tax classes, I took out the yellow pages and called all of the local certified public accountant firms in town that had more than one name or had and associates in the firm's name. After several days of this, I landed an interview with a firm called Francis & Company. My long and thrilling journey as a tax accountant began. I interviewed with the senior tax manager the next day. He asked me the usual questions about my experience, education, and interest, and then he asked a really odd question. Tom, he said, how good is your printing? I was taken a bit off guard by this question. It turns out that they prepared a lot of their tax returns by hand. They printed them in pencil and then photocopied them for their files. He wanted to make sure my handwriting was legible so that their clients and the IRS wouldn't be frustrated by not being able to make out the numbers on the tax returns. Fortunately, my handwriting was legible because I had worked hard to learn good printing. He hired me on the spot. That was in 1980. Since then, I have devoted my life to learning and loving the tax law. What I've discovered over the years is that the basic principles of the tax law are actually simple. So simple, in fact, that anybody can learn them.
even Albert Einstein. I'm convinced that Dr. Einstein wouldn't have been so frustrated with the tax system if he had just had someone to teach him the basic principles. The principles are so simple that by the time you finish reading this book, you will know every basic principle needed to permanently lower your taxes. And once you know the rules, you can live a lower tax life, which I promise is a richer life in every way. In fact, you might even be able to legally reduce your taxes to zero and enjoy tax-free wealth. Caution. Understanding taxes doesn't mean doing it yourself. One, you still need a good tax advisor who understands the details of the tax law. Two, a good tax advisor can help you create and implement sound tax strategies beyond doing your tax returns. Taxes are fun, really. Anyone who knows me knows that for me, taxes are fun. Yes, I did just say fun. I know how warped that may sound, but I love the tax law. And I firmly believe that everyone can find out just how fun, easy, and understandable taxes are with just a little basic information. Don't believe me? Well, think about this. Have you ever received a tax refund? Do you remember how happy you were when you opened that letter and saw a beautiful check? That was fun, wasn't it? In fact, did you ever notice that the word refund has fun right in the middle of it? Okay, corny joke, but you get the point. This book is dedicated to helping you get a bigger tax refund, and we're not just talking about a one-time deal. When you apply the principles taught in this book, you'll get a nice refund every year. And who knows, you may even reduce your taxes to zero and enjoy the freedom that comes with tax-free wealth. I guarantee your path to tax-free wealth is easier, simpler, and more fun than you can imagine. Think of this book as a guide to a freer financial life, a life where you get to keep more of your hard-earned money right where it belongs, in your pocket, and not the government's. Let's get started. Chapter 2, Key Points 1. It's time to take action on reducing your taxes. Don't be the average person paying 30-50% to 50 or more of your hard-earned income through income sales. Value added, payroll, estate, or property taxes. Start by learning the basics of the tax law. 2. Become part of the privileged class of taxpayers, learning how the tax law can work for you and how you can easily pay 10 to 40% less in taxes. Tax strategy number two, invest where you travel. As you will learn in chapter six, almost any expense can be deductible. It sounds funny, it sounds funny to say, but one of my favorite expenses is travel. I love to travel and meet new people and experience new cultures. Sometimes I just want to get away and relax and get some peace of mind. One of my favorite places on earth is Hawaii. The people of Hawaii are so genuine and laid back. I go to Hawaii at least once a year for a couple of weeks. Of course, I also want my travel to Hawaii to be deductible. And thankfully, it can be with proper planning. Any travel can be deductible by making it a business or investment expense. As long as your travel has its primary purpose as business, then all of the travel expenses, including hotel, airfare, and meals, will be deductible. In order for travel's primary purpose to be business, the IRS says that you have to spend more time doing business than you do in recreation. So if you're going to Hawaii for a week, then more than half of your time there has to be spent doing business. This simply means more than four hours of a regular eight-hour workday, meaning you need to spend four and a half hours working each day. But who wants to work while vacationing in Hawaii? What if the work is fun, interesting, and makes you lots of money? Would you do it then? What if you made Hawaiian real estate a major part of your investment strategy? 
when you add up the tax benefits plus add in all of the money you could make investing for four and a half hours each day, you may decide that spending that time looking at real estate and meeting with property managers isn't so bad after all. Just take a look in Chapter 5 at what this strategy did for my client who travels to New Mexico each year. All right. There was Chapter 2. Pretty short. Any thoughts? Um, it, it's nice to get a refresher on some of that. Um, I was already, I had some awareness already of like how to how to manipulate um, the business, take advantage of um, those exemptions or associations with travel. But it's good yeah. to get that refresher yeah. on it. Yeah, it's definitely good seeing some of the refreshers as well as. Um, uh, you know, because a lot of it is, you know, he's telling it from his personal experience, and so he's kind of building it up as well too, and and giving a, a, a lot of narrative, building up into what's going to be the juicy stuff of actual tactics. Yeah, they, it's like he's he's lifting the veil off of the facade that the elites have used to segregate themselves from the have-nots that don't know. Yeah. Which is which is great because him and all these guys that they work with they're multimillionaires and so they're not just teaching they're not fake teachers because they're actually doing it which is is good to know. Yeah. All right. So chapter three. Actually, I feel like I, I need a fucking bagel or something. I don't know what the hell. Getting a little low blood sugar, but I'll read chapter three first. Chapter three is called the two most important rules. All right. Anyone may so arrange his affairs that his taxes shall be as low as possible. He is not bound to choose that pattern which will best pay the treasury. There is not even a patriotic duty to increase one's taxes. Judge Learned Hand. Can you imagine somebody's name is Learned Hand? <laughs> All right. A while back. What's that? It sounds very intentional. Sounds very what? Intentional. Like, you know, they, oh, yeah. they, they had the family name of Hand, yeah. but then they decided to make Learned. So yeah. It was, it was, yeah. Learned Hand. That's awesome. But you know, it's interesting because um, I think it was, I can't remember, I don't know if it's Anne Rand or somebody else who basically said that um, the, the mind follows what the hand does or something like that. But I gotta. I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll, I'll run into that quote again. Mm. All right. All right. Here we go. Uh, continuing. Judge Learnhand. A while back, one of my good friends, Guy Zanti, taught a group of people how to pay, play Cash Flow, a financial simulation board game invented by Robert and Kim Kiyosaki. Playing the game is an excellent way to not only learn, but also put into practice the rich dad principles on money and investing. As Guy talked about some of the tax benefits of real estate, particularly tax-free exchanges, a woman in the audience raised her hand. Yes, ma'am, Guy said. Don't you think that it's wrong to reduce your taxes like that? She asked. Isn't it our responsibility to pay the taxes that we owe instead of trying to find ways to steal from the government? Guy was stunned. He couldn't believe what he'd just heard. 
He couldn't comprehend why she would think that it was wrong to reduce her tax burden. After all, doesn't everyone want to reduce taxes? But the reality is that we're trained to believe that we somehow owe the government our money. The truth is that we don't. In fact, the tax code is set up to help us reduce our tax burden and to do so legally. Which begs the question, why do people like who should have more money and resources to know better? Like, uh, for example, um, what's his name? Uh, I don't know why his name is not coming to my head right now. The guy who played Blade, how he went to jail for tax evasion. Like, you'd think that he would know better. Um, but I guess he didn't. All right. Uh, I'd say it's just the opposite of what this woman and many others think. It's not wrong. It's wrong to not reduce your tax burden. Not taking advantage of the aspects of the law that are there to help you means you are stealing from yourself, your family, and your future. The simple fact is that this woman didn't understand rule number one when it comes to the tax law, and chances are you may not either. Rule number one, it's your money, not the government's. Unless you live in a dictatorship, the money you earn and the wealth that you build belongs to you. Yes, you may be required to give some of it to the government to help build roads, maintain the military, and sustain schools, but fundamentally, it's your money. Tax tip. Learn how your LLC, Limited Liability Company, can be whatever it wants to be. The LLC has become the entity of choice for asset protection purposes. But what about tax purposes? Your LLC can be whatever it wants to be, a sole proprietorship, a partnership, a C-corporation, or an S-corporation. This flexibility gives you the best of the tax and asset protection worlds. In some countries, without LLCs, the LLP, Limited Liability Partnership, may give you similar flexibility. Judge Learned Hand, a former judge on the United States Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit, and a judicial philosopher was adamant about this principle. He went so far as to say this, over and over again, the courts have said that there is nothing sinister in so arranging affairs as to keep taxes as low as possible. Everyone does it, rich and poor alike, and all do right, for nobody owes any public duty to pay more than the law demands. You may not realize this, but it's true. The tax laws are written to reduce your taxes, not to increase them. In the United States, for example, there are over 5,800 pages of tax law. Only about 30 pages are devoted to raising taxes. One line, section 61A says, except as otherwise provided in this subtitle, gross income means all income from whatever source derived. There are then several pages of tax rates and a few other miscellaneous tables. The remaining 5,770 pages are devoted entirely to reducing your taxes. In other words, half a percent or 0.5% of the tax code is devoted to raising taxes, and the remaining 99.5% exists solely for the purpose of saving you money. So here is rule number two. Rule number two. The tax law is written primarily to reduce your taxes. You may not believe me about rule number two, so go ahead and ask your own accountant how much of the tax law in your country is devoted to raising taxes. Your accountant will tell you the truth. Very little. That 
that the woman in Guy's class felt it's our patriotic duty to pay the most taxes is both ridiculous and completely wrong. In fact, as I'll show you in the next few chapters, it's actually your patriotic duty to reduce your taxes by all legal means. Caution. Beware of tax advisors who really work for the government. One, many tax advisors are afraid of the law, so they won't learn how to take advantage of the law for you. Two, some tax advisors are more interested in protecting themselves than reducing your taxes. You may be wondering how I can really say that with a straight face. Well, think about it. If 99.5% of the tax law is written to help you reduce your taxes, then the government must really want you to do just that. If that weren't true, why would they enact so much legislation aimed at helping you do so? All of the so-called complexity of the tax law is really just aimed at reducing your taxes, not increasing them. Until you really believe and are committed to these two fundamental rules of tax law, there is really nothing you can do to limit your taxes. And this book will be worth very little to you. You will keep on unnecessarily paying 30 to 50% of your hard-earned income to the government. Maybe that's what you want, but I have a hunch it isn't. Once you truly believe these two rules and have them firmly planted in your mind, you'll realize that you have the right to reduce your taxes every minute of every day. All you have to do is learn the rules of the game, and that's when this book becomes priceless. The good news is that the tax rules are easy to understand. After all, you already understand the first two rules, right? From here on out, it's just a matter of learning who the tax laws are written for and why, and learning how to change the way you think about your money and taxes. So if you believe that your money is yours and not the government's, and that the tax law exists to reduce your taxes, then you're ready to read on and learn how to make the tax law work for you and not the other way around. Let's get to work. So rule number one is it's your money, not the government's. And rule number two is the tax law is written primarily to reduce your taxes. Chapter three, key points. Some of us are trained to believe that we owe the government our money. It's just not true. The tax code, too, the tax code is set up to help us reduce our tax burden and to do so legally. Three, nearly all, 99.5% of the tax code exists solely for the purpose of saving you money. Four, all of the so-called complexity of the tax law is aimed at reducing your taxes, not increasing them. Tax strategy number three, elect how your limited liability company will be taxed. Your limited liability company, LLC, can be whatever you want it to be. The LLC has become the entity of choice for U.S. asset protection purposes. But what about for tax purposes? The good news is your LLC can be whatever it wants to be, a sole proprietorship, a partnership, a C corporation, or an S corporation. This flexibility gives you the best of the tax and asset protection worlds. In some countries without LLCs, the limited liability partnership may give you similar flexibility. The key here is that you can frequently have your cake and eat it too when it comes to the tax law. Simply by understanding that LLCs can be treated any way you want for tax purposes, you have asset protection and still get the tax advantages of the S-Corporation, C-Corporation, or partnership rules. Garrett Sutton, 
Rich Dad Advisor for Asset Protection and Legal Services, talks in detail about the asset protection advantages of limited liability companies in his best-selling book, Start Your Own Corporation, from RDA Press in 2012. Once you decide which type of entity you want for tax purposes, be sure you make the proper entity tax election by checking the proper box on the IRS entity election form. If you don't make an election, the IRS will choose for you which tax entity you will be, a sole proprietorship for single-member LLCs or a partnership for multiple-member LLCs. You can make your entity election at any time during the year. This election gives you great flexibility in your tax planning. Suppose you are just starting a new business. You may want your entity, entity to be treated as a sole proprietorship in the early years when there is a loss or not much income so you don't have to file another tax return. Corporations have to file a separate income tax return from their owners. When you're ready to change to an S corporation or to reduce your employment taxes, see Chapter 11, you can check the box on the form and file the election with the IRS. All right. That was Chapter 3. Any thoughts on that? If you want to go buy this fucking book. Yeah. yeah, it's a good one. Maybe check and see. There's some serious negativism in there. Oh, yeah. And I can't... Life still, yeah, I still can't believe that 20 people are in that fucking fixing black men room. Fucking <laughs> are there? Yeah, I just... Oh. Like, oh. <laughs> I, just I don't crazy. think they like... I don't think they liked my opinion too much as a as a white man who went in there and defended black men and said, "Hey, maybe you black bitches are the problem." I know, right? It's like, <laughs> dude, listen, this has been a problem for me all my life. It's it's one of the main reasons why I I typically don't uh, date or mess around with black women. And my wife was the only black woman I was ever with, and she was Dominican, so it was a little bit different, you know. Right. Oh man, one of the prettiest women I ever seen in my life was from the Dominican Republic. Oh yeah, I saw one the other day. A guy gave her a ride, and I was just like blown away. Until I asked her how old she was, and then I was like, and then I just shut up and turned on my music. <laughs> I was over in Korea uh, back in '93, and I was on a. But at the time, they called it Team Spirit, which was the. Um, coordinated training exercise between the U.S., Japan, and Korea. Um, and uh, so this this young Dominican girl, she was a soldier. She was an Army soldier. And um, she was like five foot nothing and had the yeah. greenest emerald green eyes, man. Oh, my God. And she was built like a brick shit house. Holy shit. Yeah, man. My wife was uh, five foot uh no she was 411 she was a, a whole foot too shorter than me oh damn she was the cutest prettiest thing man i mean she was just i mean when i first saw her i was like i need i have to be in her life somehow within the first second that i saw her, i was like that's it and then i found that's out that's how, how cool i was with my wife too yeah yeah then i found out how cool she was and i was like that's it and i made it happen I didn't talk to her for two months after, like, after I met her. But then finally, after that, it was on. I didn't waste any time. I, uh, 
I met her, got her number, was calling her, started visiting her, went on a date, you know, and then like, I think it was, we met October 31st, 92 and got married August 26th, 94. Hmm. But a year of that, I was in Korea. Yeah. What, What were you doing in Korea again? I was in the army. I was a diesel mechanic, forward support command, or uh, not forward, not, not, that wasn't force comm, um, well, maybe it was, shit, I don't remember, that was so long ago. Yeah, well, this is uh, some very interesting information, especially how he's talking about that 95.5% of the tax code is written to reduce taxes, I bet you almost nobody knows that. Well, the other thing, too, is most people are not, I wouldn't say most, but I would say a significant portion of people are intimidated by what they assume the language is being used in those books, right? They just, like, they just, they manifest a, a wall, an insurmountable wall that they just won't be able to understand the language being used and say, okay, I'm not even going to bother trying. It's very self it's a self-defeating mentality. And a lot of people do that to themselves in a lot of aspects of their lives. Definitely, that's for sure. All right, I'm gonna move on to chapter four. It's also another short one. I'm glad this book is so simple to read. All right, chapter four, put money back in your pocket now. The only difference between a tax man and a taxidermist is that the taxidermist leaves the skin. Mark Twain. As a child, I was always looking for ways to make money. I started my first business venture with a buddy of mine when we were nine years old. We noticed that the marigold flowers had died and gone to seed. Those of you who aren't green thumbs may not know this, but marigold seeds are some of the easiest things in the world to harvest. All you have to do is rip the top of the flower off and dump a whole slew of seeds into your hand. My buddy and I thought it was pretty cool how easy it was, and we came up with the brilliant idea of collecting all the seeds in the neighborhood, packaging them, and selling the seeds back to our neighbors. It worked like a charm. The same neighbors who allowed us to take the seeds from their garden in the fall bought them back from us in the spring, which proves that business isn't always about doing something other people can't do for themselves. It's doing something they haven't thought to do for themselves. And then there was the neighborhood carnival we decided to hold when we were 11 years old. We created a cupcake walk, a fish pond where people fished for prizes, and some other games of skill and chance. We let all of our friends know about the carnival, and we worked hard to get ready for it. In fact, looking back, it was a lot of work. When the carnival was over, we sat down to count our money. We'd made 20 bucks. Back then, that was pretty good for a couple of 11-year-olds. Today, people come to me professionally all the time asking how they can make money. Many of them need cash right away. I'm not a believer in get-rich-quick schemes, and I steer my clients away from those type of folks. My clients are hardworking people who are looking for a better way to increase their cash flow and their wealth. I'm sure you're looking to do the same thing, and there's good news. There's one way to put cash in your pocket almost immediately, as shown in rule number three, reducing your taxes. Rule number three, the fastest way to put money in your pocket is to reduce your taxes. Think about it. By reducing your taxes, you can immediately reduce how much money comes out of your paycheck, paycheck, or 
if you're an entrepreneur or investor, you can reduce your quarterly tax payments. And you don't have to wait until tax time to enjoy the benefits of lower taxes. In many countries, including the United States, you can file amended returns anytime, which correct errors on returns for up to the previous three years if you learn that you paid too much in a prior year. Or you can even carry back a loss from the current year to a prior year, use the loss to offset the prior year's income, and get a refund now. Notice what I said. You can put money in your pocket by reducing your taxes. The operative word is you. You and only you have the power and the control over your money and your taxes. Nobody else. This includes your tax preparer and your tax advisor. They cannot reduce your taxes. They can only help equip you to do so. You may say, my tax advisor handles my taxes, but that is a myth about income taxes. Your tax advisor cannot handle your taxes. They can prepare your tax returns. They can give you advice about what to do in a particular situation. Quite possibly, they can even tell you some rules that will help you reduce your taxes. But they cannot take the actual steps to reduce your taxes. Only you can do that. Caution. Don't wait for year-end to do tax planning. One. Every day, you could be reducing your taxes. Two, year-end tax planning is important, but year-round tax planning is better. The good news is that you can reduce your taxes right now. Anybody can, and you can do it every day of the week. All you have to do is change your tax, is to change your facts. There are two simple principles represented in rule number four that you need to keep in mind as you consider how to reduce your taxes. Every dollar, pound, or euro you earn can increase your taxes, and every dollar, pound, or euro you spend can decrease your taxes, and every investment or business deal you do will affect your taxes for good or for ill. Rule number four, everything you do either increases or lowers your taxes. You might as well learn how to make everything you do affect your taxes for good, right? Thankfully, it's not complicated. It's simply a matter of learning the difference between bad, good, and better income, and then learning how to return or how to turn your expenses into tax deductions. And the really cool part is that every expense has the potential to reduce your taxes. Really, every expense. Tax tip. Eat while you work and save taxes. Business meals are a great way to spend time with employees, clients, and customers. You can discuss business and turn your meal expense into a deductible expense. Let's face it, the best part of having money is spending it. But when you cannot only spend your money but also decrease okay, but when you cannot only spend your money but also decrease your taxes while doing so, well, then you're really cooking. Huh? What? Yeah, there you go. I know a lot of people who love to shop for bargains and constantly look for sales and specials. It's like a professional sport to them. You wouldn't believe the amount of time, energy, and effort that they put into finding deals and saving money. They're thrilled with a 20 to 30% discount on their purchases, but when it comes to doing their taxes, they don't want to take the time. I don't get it. Well, actually, I do. Tax returns can be a royal pain. And most people just want to get them done and over as quickly as possible, done and over with, 
as quickly as possible. But what if you could get a 20 to 30% discount on all of your purchases any time of the year? That's exactly what happens when you change your expenses from a personal expense to a business deduction. The government essentially pays for 20 to 30% of your purchase in the form of a tax deduction. I like to shop at Costco, a discount store that sells groceries and other everyday items. Costco also sells gasoline. People line up, sometimes waiting for long periods of time, in order to buy their gas at Costco because it's routinely 10% less than other gas stations. I never buy my gas at Costco. Why? Costco doesn't allow me to use my business credit card, and since most of my car use is for business, I get a deduction for the gas if I use my business credit card, plus I get frequent flyer miles. That deduction is worth 20 to 30% to me in lower taxes, so it's worth paying a little more at the gas station down the street in order to get the tax deduction. It's the little decisions like these made every day that add up to big savings in your taxes. By now, you're probably dying to find out how you can start paying less in taxes every day. Chapter 4 Key Points 1. There is one way to put cash in your pocket almost immediately, reducing your taxes. 2. Learn how to make everything you do decrease your taxes. 3. Learn how to change your expenses from a personal expense to a business deduction. Tax Strategy number 4. Deduct your meals. Almost any expense can be deductible in the right circumstances, including food, cars, travel, even your house, if you change your facts so that the expense is a business one. What a, what's a business expense? In the United States, the tax law requires each business deduction to meet three tests. First, the expense must have a business purpose, which means the primary reason for spending money was for your business. Take meals as an example. To be deductible, the purpose of a meal must be business. This means you need to have a conversation about business with your dining partner before, during, or after the meal. The other valid business meal would be if you were traveling away from home on business. Second, the expense must be ordinary. An expense is ordinary if it is customary and usual. This means that within your industry, the expense should be typical of what would be spent both in the amount of the expense and how often a person in your position would have the expense. Suppose, for example, that you go out to dinner with a business associate. In your industry, what would be the cost of a typical business meal? If you're a truck driver, the typical business meal is going to be different than if you're a movie star or a professional athlete. An insurance agent might go to lunch with a client or business associate every day, while an auto parts manufacturer might only go to lunch on business once a week. The key here is that whatever is typical in your industry and your position within an industry is what the IRS will allow as ordinary. Third, the expense must be necessary. Necessary means that the purpose of the expense is to make more money for your business. It's not enough to just to go to lunch with someone and talk business simply because you're friends. Your conversation at lunch must have the intention of increasing the profits in your business. These three rules are not difficult to meet. Let's say, for example, that your business partner is your spouse. If you're like most business partners, you're always talking about business and always looking for ways to improve your business. So pretty much every opportunity you get to have a quiet meal together in a restaurant, you will discuss business. Just don't be extravagant about it on a regular basis. One rule of thumb here is that pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered. If you are greedy and go out to expensive restaurants on a regular basis, the IRS may not look so kindly on your deductions for meals. Still, one of the most common mistakes I see is couples who are always talking about business when they go out to dinner, but not paying for their meals with their business credit card. Entrepreneurs and investors get all the breaks. If you want some, 
more of something, subsidize it. Milton Friedman, that's chapter five. All right, <clears throat> what do you think about that? Or have any thoughts at all? And it's a transfer, speaking of that, a transfer of money. Yeah, I wish I could, I wish I was better at capturing all of this in the audio format like this. Um, it sounds good as I'm hearing it, but like being to to hold on to it well enough to actually utilize it, like I would have to go back and digest it, reading it myself probably two or three times to, to really um, emblazon it into my memory so that I can effectively use it. But it sounds really good. Like it's it's good stuff. It's good yeah, stuff. I'm taking it. All right, let's see. You're definitely selling his books. <laughs> I mean, look, man, it's been a while that I've been reading his stuff. And like I said, it's completely different now looking at it um, as a business owner and having the opportunity to put a lot of this stuff into action than before when, you know, I was just doing things as a sole proprietor and on my own. I mean, I was doing getting tax deductions before for a lot of things, but just never in this way, especially the fact that I have an LLC um, and how I, I learned recently that you can tax tax it, like you said, like as an S corporation, sole proprietorship, partnership, or a C corporation. And that's really exciting that I'm able to be able to, that I'm able to do that. I didn't know that before. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've tried to, I've tried to tell some other people this stuff, like, the way people behave, they act the way they behave based on what they know, right? Yeah. Imagine if they would open the doors, open their eyes, you know, open their ears and consume things beyond what they already know, you know, and stop standing on something as an absolute, you know, keep, keep trying to digest information learn more don't stop don't don't get complacent you know there's so much information out there that you can consume to better yourself and your life but everybody's just like oh my god no evil elites oh no they don't pay enough taxes oh lord just... right, and, that, and that keeps them locked out of learning anything yep 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 anyway um I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get. I gotta go make me some food and stuff here yeah, shortly. Are you, I'm gonna, are you done reading? Or? Yeah, I'm gonna shut this down. I'm, chapter five is the next one, but I'm gonna shut it down and open up another room later to uh, continue. If I do that, because I might. St I'm gonna start driving in about an hour and a half. Oh, okay. So thanks for joining me, man. I appreciate you bouncing back and forth and uh, hanging out with me while I also learn. It's good to learn together. Yeah, I, I wish I was better. Like, I mean, I know the chapters are pretty short and small. Um, I wish I was better equipped to digest it in such a way so that I could really engage with you after you read it, you know, and really dive into it. But like, I'm just not that good at that, that, that audio memory. So I have to, I have to use, use other methods to process it. Um, but you know, it's 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 good. To, like I said, it's good to listen to, and I hear it. I'm I'm picking up those cursory depth vibes. But um, uh, I need I would need to go into it like you are reading it, and probably have to read it twice to really 
to really grasp the concept that he's presenting truly. Yeah, and then take notes. I'm going to take notes on all the, the, the specific, um, there are very specific uh, tips or the rules that he's going over. Like rule number one, it's your money, not the government. Rule number two, the tax law is written primarily to reduce your taxes. You know, those different rules right there. Rule number three, the fastest way to put money in your pocket is to reduce your taxes. Rule number four, everything you do either increases or lowers your taxes. Yeah, those are really good points. So I'm going to be doing a summary after I'm done with this book as well to, to make it more concise. So, again, oh, thanks cool. for joining me, Carnal. Oh, by the way, I um, I sent you a request on on LinkedIn. I don't know if you got that when you after you shared your link. So we're connected. Yeah, I did. And, okay. I added you as well. I, I, uh, I added. Awesome. Cool. Got to check that. All right, brother. I'll talk to you later. All right, man. Peace out. Have a good afternoon. Stay well. Stay safe. All right. Later.